0: Welcome to One Big Thought Podcast, podcast for real ministry for the majority. I am Andy George, joined by Ken Hester, hey, and Jamie Buford. What's up? Hey, this is episode one. Woo! Episode one. Come on, insert applause. Let's insert ha- this good music. Okay. Yeah. Just dance for a second. Come with on, us. Yeah, yeah, just dance I for a we second. We might have like that applause sound effect. No, no, we're just going to groove to this. Yeah, this is episode one. But in Strong. all seriousness, thank you for listening and subscribing. So if you haven't done so yet make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the one big thought podcast that way you don't miss on anything you don't want to miss out no nope. no last week was episode zero it didn't even really count
1: that i don't think that counted
0: but it was great to get the introductions yeah. going. yeah just yeah. get to know us a little yeah, bit get to know us so if yeah. you haven't listened to it yet go back to episode back and zero and listen to <laughs> Why should you listen to this podcast and what we're doing? But we are here now with episode one, official one, and we are coming out of the gate strong with a very special guest that we get to interview. Yes. So Ken, why don't you tell us who we're interviewing today and and why the good folks should listen for the next few minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So again, one of the things that we do with One Big Thought is we want to be able to give you something practical, give you something that you can apply to your area of ministry. And uh, I'm excited to have Brian Schindler with us. He is part of Story Brand. Uh, if you're familiar with Donald Miller and Story Brand, they help go in and, and really restructure all things on how to be most effective. So they do this for businesses, they do this for profit, nonprofit organizations all across the country and it's very cool to to have him on the on the podcast with us he's been a good friend for many years and we're gonna jump in right now to that interview and excited to hear from him Well, it's great to have uh, a guest with us this week. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. it's like kicking it off. and strong. What a guest we have. We do. I mean, we come on. Incredible guest. <laughs> um, you may or may not be familiar with StoryBrand. It's a, a marketing method that helps all organizations, for-profit and non-profit, really help tell their story in the most effective way. The why, the what, the how, all the details, and we know as churches that That is one of the things we we want to get the main story out, right, which is the gospel. But then how do we do that effectively within our church organizations? Mm -hmm. So I have a great friend on the phone with us, Brian Schindler. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. So Brian and I are good friends. We've been um, longtime friends. He wasn't technically an intern for me, but... You know, he, he basically was. I just come um, to believe
0: that everybody at some point has been Ken Hester's intern. I think I. That's so, how I, think, I tell the I think story. I, think I was Ken Hester's that's intern actually at one That's kind of how. Yeah, yeah. That's how this all feels. Everybody yeah, it is, does. It does. Whether you were or not, it just feels Ken, that way. Right.
2: Exactly.
0: It, <laughs> and
1: Jamie, know, have you I been? Gas
2: I was cards or coffee or <laughs> some, <laughs> some other kind of great. That's
1: great. it. That's right.
2: it. And then friendship overall. Yeah. Well, I was I am a friend, but there I was go. never an intern. I don't feel like I was ever an are you intern sure? of Ken Hester's. Maybe, yeah. maybe I need to. When I tell
1: the story, you're an intern. You want to talk about stories, right? Talking about story brand. Talking about story brand. It's Ken's narrative. You probably are. are. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's oh, right. Oh man. So, but Brian is a story brand guide with Donald Miller and his team, and all things story brand. And and there's a there's a lot that you can find out from um, just going to their website. There's a lot that you can find out if you contact Brian directly. I'll let him get into a little bit more of those details. But as part of one big thought, I said, Brian, what is one big thought that you can give practically that will help churches tell their story a bit better? So Brian, why don't you kick us off?
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think that whenever I... I really think about what churches are wanting to communicate. My wife and I, I'm going to, I'm going to vamp for a little bit just to kind of give you a little bit of background about how my thought process works. But here's my one big thought. Um, The one big thought is what do the people you are helping really want? Hmm. And especially in the nonprofit sector and especially with churches, it's really hard, I think, for churches big and small to really define this. And when you look at, Church as a whole, there kind of is this kind of go standard form website of here's our about page, our beliefs page, our staff page, our jobs page, and that kind of thing. However, what is it that people are really wanting from you as a church? And I think that whenever I look at the idea of, I don't know if whoever is listening, I don't know if you follow Judah Smith or you follow Pastor Judah in their church. their church journey is really what I would call it Mm -hmm. when he was handed the church over on the West coast. They had this identity that I think served them well, as far as the handoff from his father who gave it to him. And then he stewarded that. But then really I can see that they went through this process, maybe not even the story process, but just this process of asking themselves, what do we think the people that we are helping really want? And Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. at the, that the core of it, especially in the church, people want belonging, and really, they want to feel welcome. They want to know that they have a place and they want to, they want to know that, that place is important. And so then now when you look at their website, all of their messaging goes to you belong here. Welcome home. This is your space. This is a place where we want you to feel safe, to ask questions. And that's now really the heartbeat of their church. Right. So if you are this, you know, whether you are a smaller church that's so maybe got 500 people or less or you're still kind of, Figuring out this, how do we get into a local school or local building, especially with the myriad of limitations that 2020 has brought you, that still doesn't take away from you answering that question. And so there's that part, I think, that's really important to establish what do the people that we're helping really want. But then on the flip side, this is going to be more of the other introspective kind of big thoughts. Well, Um, hang on just one second, hang on just one second before
1: you go there, because I think there's a lot of good things that you just posted right there, like that, that we can, we can talk about, we can say, all right, what is it, you know, what is it that people want? I think, and, and that is the biggest question. It's not just mission. It's not just values. It's not all that. But, um, you know, Andy, what do you think, you know, what do you think when you hear that question, you know, what, what do people want when they come to church?
0: Yeah, I think
1: that for us, one
0: of the things we targeted a little while ago was that we believe that everybody wants to be known, everybody wants to be have a purpose, and everyone wants to be connected to some degree. Mm. You know, so mm-hmm. so how do we help people become known? Similar to what Brian was just saying, that right. that you belong here, but to be known and to have kind of like what's my place here? Basically, is yeah. the same idea. I think at the heart of because everybody's born with that essential need of belonging. Everybody right. wants to belong and and to be known by people. And uh, no matter the church size, they want to know that they're known, that they're seen, that they're that they're valued.
1: Right. Yeah. So how do yeah. we right. value people? And so then going back to Brian now, and you may be getting into this next, and there's good segue to it. Is now that you've kind of even determined what, then it's it's how do you communicate that clearly? Right. So, right. yeah. Well, let me back up real and,
0: quick, though, because I, I had a thought, though, that maybe we could hit real quickly. Yeah. And Brian, you might be able to speak in this as well, yeah. is let's start off the churches that are listening to this right now. And a lot of them might think the first question I thought of was, would be, how do I know what they want? Mm. So even, even before, mm. like, like you said, you know, what do people really want? And then we're going to talk about after that. But yep. how, right. would a, how would a pastor even know what people want? So let's start there. That's good. Let, let's yeah. let's try to answer that question real quickly. Um, other than obviously sending out a massive church poll, hey, what do you <laughs> want? Like what what do you want? Uh, you know, so we are we talking the core needs that everybody has, or is there something specific in your community, or is it something that God has kind of specifically called your church to do? So how would you navigate that and, and answer that question if a, if a pastor was asking you that?
2: I think one of the biggest questions I would ask to either a pastor who's asking that question or even if I had, say if it was not just one person but I had a myriad of people in the room, I would rebuttal that with, well, what's missing? And I think that when you can really identify at an emotional level from an organizational standpoint or even from a church standpoint, when you identify to the people that your church or organization is reaching, when you identify that you recognize that something is missing, then that allows The emotional side of what they are going through to kind of have a safer space to be communicated. Because when you're going into okay, well, what do you want? Right. Well, that can that can be an intimidating question. (laughs)
0: Exactly.
2: (laughs) It's a very like okay, what do you want? And that's one of those things that when the fragility of how you deliver something is kind of like the biggest thing that you have to overcome. You have to say. Well, then let's change how we're asking the question. right. So if we can identify that by acknowledging, hey, we are probably are missing the mark at some level. How can we really kind of retarget that? or how can we really make up for that? Then you allow, that's when I think that people go from wanting to be, you know, talked to to then being heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a as a church is one of the most important things that you need to be able to accomplish with. <laughs> how you're putting yourself out there is we are, we hear what is happening right now. And this is what we are doing to, to meet you where you are.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So there, there are, I mean, right there, there's two practicals, right? So it's like your takeaways are very simple. You know, what are you asking people? How are you getting to that, um, to that answer within your organization? I think, right. you know, Asking yourself around this table, let's just say it's even the three of us, it's Jamie and Andy and myself, and you go, all right, let's think through the organization that we're all a part of, Crossroads. If we think through that at this table, mm-hmm. what we can control, we are a representation, too, of X amount of people that are part of our church. So. As we as we represent those different pieces, you'll be able to answer that question without taking a poll. Yeah. For example, I got right. the
0: I got the demographic in our church that are extremely good looking. Right. So so I think to, I always think through the lens of what do good looking people like me want from a church? Right. <laughs> so I got that covered. <laughs> I got that. Covered. <laughs> Jamie, what are you covering? <laughs> yeah, what what do same got. thing. This is what demographic like, am hey, I representing? I got the Andy? I got the good looking people graphic.
1: So. <laughs> You can take you can gracious. take uh, you can take the oh, uh, uh,
0: uh
1: Jamie's gonna take the pumpkin spice latte. There you group. go. The so, so. Come on, Brian. <laughs> in, in the
0: uh, in the Donald Miller uh story brand, have you ever had anybody tell you that they wanted to reach good looking people? <laughs>
2: Um, I mean, it's probably not the most far-out, educational
0: uh, analysis just, yeah. that I've heard. Yeah, yeah. that's actually the tagline of our church—a church that reaches good-looking people. A, oh Perfect. Yeah.
2: You know, <laughs> than, hey, then hey, church, really, church planners yeah, I, take oh, notes. Church planners take
0: notes. That okay? For those of you that don't know us, completely joking. All right,
1: let's move on. Oh goodness. All oh, right. Oh, so goodness. next next step. Then next step. You've determined the what a little bit of of of, uh, of that piece. Now what, Brian?
2: So then the next little part of the, the whole idea of this framework, this this method, uh, when, especially when it comes to the church sphere. And I think because StoryBrand as a whole, um, it's, a, it's a solid method and it attracts a lot of churches because it really does allow the people that either give to the organization or are a recipient of the organization. Like we always talk about this benefactor-beneficiary-type tension when it Mm. comes to how you are really marketing what you do. And it's not that both can exist. It's just that you have to identify that there's a tension, right? And so like at that point of, okay, when you identify what people really are looking for or what they feel like is missing, then you have to ask yourself, well, why are we qualified to help those people? Mm, And why are we the ones that are put here to bridge that gap? And then from there, I think... When there's either a great, we've got this level of involvement that we've seen is really, really helpful, whether that be partnering with local nonprofits, starting your own sections of your church that would help really impact people who are in need, or even if it's, you know, you've got a great system for small groups or community groups or whatever brand group you want to, you know, tie into. But it's really the question of, well, why are we qualified to help? And then, really, then what's our plan? And if You can answer those questions then by really through, you know, by order of events or by Newton's law of action and reaction. That's probably not it. I'm trying to sound smarter than I am, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there is this idea that hopefully by that point, you know what you're trying to communicate overall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that last piece, if you could could say that last piece again, where it's like, okay, why are we qualified? I want to make sure I said this right and that's why I wanted you to say it again, is yeah. why are we qualified to answer that question? Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, so the, que- the it's really once you identify what's missing or once you identify what people are looking for from your church or your organization, then you have to be willing to ask yourself, how am I or how are we qualified to help that? Yeah. And then from there, you develop this idea of, okay, well, then what's our plan? How are we going to accomplish helping these people? And then at that point, you decide, okay, great, then what are we looking for? Are we looking for funds? Are we looking for volunteers? Do we need to start a capital campaign? Do we need yeah. to get more people on board with what we're doing? Because there's this real there's this real thing that you know, this real key point that I think is missed a lot in communication as a whole of what's the real controlling idea? What's the number one thing you're trying to accomplish? And if I could tell you how many times when I go down to write like a marketing plan or some kind of email campaign, and I ask, okay, what's the number one thing you want to communicate? And then crickets. Mm. If I had a dollar for every time that happens, then I would not be like, I would
1: be. You'd not be on this
0: podcast. <laughs> I'm not gonna, no, I <laughs> on this podcast.
2: I would But there is this idea that sometimes you get so in the thick of it and you're bogged down by numbers and spreadsheets and goals and budgets that you really forget what are we really trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And what's the one thing we're trying to communicate?
0: So and, Brian, Brian, real quickly, that yeah. that was kind of my question I wrote down as you were talking. From the opposite side of that is how many one things are too many. So for example, let's say the other side you sit down with a uh, a church or a nonprofit or even for-profit and you're like, "Hey, what's yeah. the one thing you're trying to accomplish?" but they rattle off 10 things. How what is your what's your your experience with is it is it truly let's focus on one thing that you can fill obviously every, everything's got subtitles to it, right? There's sub phrases sure. of that. but Or is it like, can, a, can an organization typically look at three big things they're trying to accomplish? Or is it five or, in your experience with people? Or is it really truly, hey, just focus on this one thing that you know people want and this one thing that you know you're qualified to fill at a time? So how, how would you walk through the other side of that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So here's kind of you you actually hit on two different points where you talked about accomplishments and communication points. Mm. And I would say great. If these are the things you want to accomplish, then those need to be fed by the one controlling thing.
0: I see. Very and
2: good. if if you're going to have 10 things that you want to communicate, I would say okay, great. Pick one and then we'll continue talking. I see. Or if you don't have that, then I would basically kind of dig in with you to say, okay, well then what's really, what's at stake here? What's really the thing that we need to make sure that people understand? Because if I, if we're in a burning building, right? Mm -hmm. And I say, oh my gosh, you've got exits here, 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 you need to do this, 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 this. At some point in time, you're just going to sit down and be like, all right, well, this is what's going to happen to me. Yeah. Because you're bogged down by so many directives or things. But if I say, hey, I've got the way, follow me, then all you're going to do is grab hold of me and cover your mouth and eyes to make sure smoke doesn't get in.
0: So so go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's extreme. I love what you said there about the communication versus what you're trying to accomplish. So most churches in America, you know, the majority of churches in America are several, are a few hundred people, but those churches are also the ones because I was early on in ministry at a church of 200 serving as a youth pastor. And you feel like you need to be all things to everybody through yeah. the door and so you feel like you can't even focus on one thing because you've got to focus on all the different people groups all the different people that are coming right. through your doors so talk to us about why that's so important to be able to focus on one what does that actually do because i think to some people that might feel like but i might miss all these other people right. or i might miss all this other stuff our church is called to do if i'm just communicating focusing on one thing but we all know that that's actually going to help you better so so navigate right. through the the worried pastor right now, going, "All right, I could focus on one thing, but I got fifty things on my board, and how's that going to help me?"
2: So, I'm going to try to keep my brain from going down deep theological <laughs> tangents <laughs> um, because I could sit. This yeah. could turn into a real long podcast.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think what I would tell somebody because so, uh, uh, you know, anecdotal fact about me. I grew up in one of those churches. My dad was a pastor of a small 200 to 250 plus church in a really small town called Morristown, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And I think what I saw my dad do was eat the elephant one bite at a time. And it was never this huge thing that was, okay, we got to do a hundred of these different things that then we'll accomplish. Mm -hmm. I, I remember very vividly, for a couple of Sundays, we had just purchased land to build our real, our really our first building. And it was a huge, huge project. But I remember my dad one time said, Hey, we need chairs. And that's kind of what we're raising money for today. Mm. And we like, and you know, you might think that, well, that sounds minuscule, but then I remember hearing a story about one couple who bought, I think, I hope I'm right in this, but I remember, them buying like fifty to a hundred chairs. Right. And while that might feel like, okay, well, that's just one little to do. Okay, well, that's fifty to hundred people that could sit in the room that couldn't sit in the room before, right? So it's I think that when you talk to somebody about doing things one, you know one kind of communication idea at a time, I think it also allows you and the organization to express your own level of humanity. Because as a church, you are – we are imperfect people trying to implement a perfect model um, set right. forth by God. Yep. And that in and of itself is unaccomplishable. Yep. So, it's, so there's a yep. level there that I think that when you allow yourself to to take it one piece at a time and communicate one thing at a time, that doesn't mean that the other things are going to not get
0: communicated. That yep.
2: just means that, hey, if it's an email campaign that you want to send out and that's – your, your number one thing is you want to talk about groups, then great, only talk about groups. Yeah. Don't try to fill a newsletter yeah, with it's 50 big, yeah. different links to try to get people to sign up to serve or get yeah. people to join a worship team. No, just make it about groups and give each thing its own place to shine. Yeah. Because once that happens, then you're going to get a lot more from what, from my experience, both in helping communicate, being in local churches and growing up in one of these, you're going to help a lot of people really just find where they belong in the church as a whole.
0: Yeah. and And I think what you said too. you know, back to the elephant analogy is it's not like you're ignoring the elephant. So it's not like no. you're ignoring the big picture or the long mm-hmm. game that you're playing as a church. You're just taking it one
1: bite at a time. I think that's very, very helpful, right. Brian. Well, 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 said. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Brian, you're amazing, incredible uh friend and person and story brand guide. So thank well, you. <laughs> what uh what we'd love to do is just so we wrap up here in just a uh just a minute or so is uh tell people how to connect with you. You know, tell people uh what's a story brand website or what's the best way to follow you on Instagram, on social media, or to email you, contact you if they want to continue the conversation.
2: I would love to talk with anybody who wants to talk with me, via social media, email, what have you. So if you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram handle is at Brian Schindler. If you need to know how to spell that, you can just look at the podcast title. Hopefully my name is That's it. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. know, at some point, you can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll pop up there. And then if you want to shoot me an email and get in touch to... Answer more questions or potentially work together. You can email me at brian at loopjolt.com, which is l o o p j o l t dot
1: com. Excellent, awesome! Thank you so much. Thank brian. you so much
2: for letting me be here.
1: Incredible! Can't wait to see you and uh, congratulations! Uh, thank you for those those that don't know. Um, brian and his wife Hannah are expecting a awesome. Yes. So, uh, we're excited one. Oh, yeah, excited about that. Congratulations! First baby, very cool. So yes. uh, congratulations, man. Can't wait to uh, to celebrate that with you in the future. But thanks again yes. for sharing a little bit about StoryBrand and how Thank we can so much. practically connect and help churches in uh, practical, easy ways. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, thanks
0: Brian. Y'all.